Our verse today is Luke 22, 21. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with mine on the table. The scene dripped with pathos. It was the Passover meal, a tradition over 1,000 years old. This Passover evening, Jesus would initiate the first Lord's Supper. Jesus, the Lamb of God, was there. The Passover lamb was on the table in front of him. It was the evening before the crucifixion. The disciples knew he was in danger. They knew they were in danger. Different emotions rise inside of us as we watch each different movement and hear each conversation in this scene. It does drip with pathos. But there is one conversation in this room that always makes me smile. Jesus said, but the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. Matthew and Mark record that most of the disciples said, surely it's not I. Luke records that they discussed among themselves who it might be. Then what came next? Quote, a dispute also arose among them as to which of them was regarded as the greatest, end quote. I know the scene is heavy, but folks, if you don't smile when you read that, you don't understand. Jesus said, one of you will be a traitor to me. Each one of them did not think that it was possible that he could be the betrayer. Then the conversation goes immediately to how faithful, loyal, and great each one was. Jesus must have been shaking his head in wonder at their absolute failure to understand. Had they learned nothing? Did they not know their own hearts? Before the night was over, each one of them would flee from their relationship with Jesus, trying to save their own skins. Betray. The word has a bad connotation, and it should. To be a betrayer, one must first have a friendship with the one being betrayed. You cannot betray an enemy or someone with whom you have no relationship. To betray is to become a traitor to a friendship. To betray, one must be a fake. You know, there's some honor in your enemy facing you eye to eye and striving to stab you. But there is no honor in a supposed friend putting his arm around you and slipping a knife in your back. The disciples could not conceive that they could be guilty of betrayal. Now, given Judas did sell him out, 
None of the other disciples had gone to the Sanhedrin and said, I can deliver Jesus to you for 30 pieces of silver. But every disciple Jesus invited to that supper deserted him before sunrise the next day. They had all promised they would die with him, but they would run for their lives in Gethsemane that very evening. Yet, yet, with the foreknowledge of their desertion and betrayal, he asked them to come and dine with him. It was Thursday evening, and Jesus had invited them to eat the Passover lamb with him. Yet in that evening, he not only said Peter would deny him, he said they would all deny him. You will all fall away because of me this night. A friend of mine had come to see me about a hard situation in his life, and he was in a very precarious condition. I warned him. I warned him that in his situation, he was more vulnerable to a specific sin. He said to me, John, I would never, never let that happen. He was one of the 12 saying, surely I would not do that. He was one of the 12 arguing that he was faithful and loyal and not capable of such a thing. Betrayal is closer to us than most of us think. Do you know how the custom of shaking hands originated? It began in the Middle Ages. Men shook hands when they met. By the way, women didn't. Men shook hands as a means of checking one another for concealed weapons. The common greeting we practice every day with friends is rooted in our proclivity to betray. Betrayal is closer to us than most of us think. Do you know how the ritual of clinking glasses during a toast began? After checking out one another for concealed weapons by shaking hands, the men would gather at the table. Before they ate, they clinked their glasses under the agreement to pour a bit of wine into each other's cup in order to protect themselves from being poisoned. The actual ritual of a toast to friendship is rooted in our proclivity to betray. The hymn writer understood, prone to wander, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. But look what Jesus said just after he had disclosed that they were all deniers. He said this to the very disciples he knew would desert him. It's in the 29th verse. And I assign to you, as my father assigned to me, a kingdom that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on the thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. To you, 
deniers, betrayers, misunderstanders. I will give my kingdom. They fled from him before the night was over. Yet he gave them the kingdom. They led that kingdom for the rest of their lives on this earth. Over and over again, they repeated that supper. In small towns and great cities all over the Roman Empire, they gathered around the table, ate the bread, and drank the cup. They repeated the words that Jesus gave them each time. This is my body broken for you. All of you eat of it. This is my blood of the covenant shed for the forgiveness of sins. All of you drink from it. I would love to have been in those communions led by Peter or John or Matthew or Thomas. Undoubtedly, after the ritual had concluded, the communicants asked Peter or asked John or Matthew or Thomas, you were there that evening. What was it like? Tell us about it. Peter would have to tell them how in the face of exposure that evening he denied that Jesus was even his friend. John and Matthew would have told them how later in the garden when Jesus was arrested, they both ran for their lives. They would be forced to say, we deserted him. The very experience of the Lord's Supper reminded those disciples of their denials. People, the table stood, that table stood at the very entrance to the kingdom they were to rule. What Jesus was saying that evening was that to be in the kingdom, to lead in the kingdom, they had to be servants. They had to be humble. They had to know that they were deniers, cowards, disappointments. They had to know they needed the body of Jesus to be broken for them. They had to know they needed the blood of Jesus to be shed for them. People, the table stands at the entrance to the kingdom. There's no other way into the kingdom. And it's a table for deniers. For cowards, for disappointments. There are no self righteous attenders at this table. There are no charter members of this table. There are no self righteous elders, deacons, Sunday school teachers, and ministers at this table. There is a motley crew at this table deniers, cowards, Disappointments. Sinners all. You know, the Pharisees were not right too often, but there was one time that they were right, very right. Remember one of their first charges against Jesus. This man welcomes sinners and even eats with them. They got that right. 
They wanted Jesus to eat with them. They were so righteous. He didn't then. He doesn't now. They weren't invited to the table. This man welcomes sinners. And he eats with them. Folks. The good news is. He still does. He still does. Amen.